You know, the word about peace today, <laughs> it was really, really, really good because it's the peace of God that guards your heart. It's the peace of God that you and I need as believers. It's the peace of God that, that takes worry and doubt and things that you struggle with every day. That peace of God is very special to you and I. And when you don't see people that are walking in peace, I urge you to go pray with them. Go encourage them. Go and let them know how much that they're loved and, and, and be that Jesus to them. You know, many people won't hear the real gospel, but we are that walking, talking epistle of gospel. We are that good news to those people. There's a lot of people that are really struggling. There's a lot of people that just don't know what to do. So my story is about prayer, but my story is a testimony of where I came from, why I'm here, and what shall we do together? Are there some missionaries from Nigeria in here today? Can I welcome you and say God bless you? Thank you so much. You know, missionaries know missionaries. We, uh, we spent some time in, in Nigeria and uh, praise God. That's sometimes not a happy place. But, um, yeah, I got, I got some pictures that I want to show you. But I guess we're at the end of the series, Can We Talk? And I, and I think that I just want to talk and be frank with you. I, I just, I don't want to go totally what the Bible says, but I'm going to sit up here and I'm going to control myself. Do you know how hard it is for an evangelist to control himself? Man, the first service I said, honey. I can't sit in that seat all the time. But just knowing that we welcome the Holy Spirit, I don't know when the pictures are going to come up, but when they do, you can point to me and I'll tell you what they are. I welcome you, Holy Spirit, today. <laughs> Praise God. I welcome you here, and I ask you to reveal my heart to these people today. I thank you for the House of Lighthouse. I thank you for the families. I thank you for the marriages. I thank you for people just being here, the visitors, people that some people have never been here today. But I thank you that your love and your kindness and the power of my testimony reaches their heart. I thank you that the picture in back of me is about reaching the one. My message is, can we stop for the one? Can we truly just stop for the one? Are we too busy to stop for that one? I'm glad that one person stopped for me. I'm glad that somebody had something good to say in my bad time. Open new doors to salvation. There are new doors to be opened now in the name of Jesus. Heal sickness and disease in people's bodies. People right now sitting here under this anointing are being healed and being set free. I ask you to restore their hope and bring back life to them. You know, that, that God, today, we give you honor and praise. Everything that I say and everything that we do, I thank you for that. I thank you for this position. I thank you that I don't have to be lost anymore. Being lost is a terrible battle. When you're lost, you're in that battle. Being found is a wonderful joy. I was once lost, and now I am found. Jesus came not to bring shame to me, 
that Jesus came to bring salvation to me. As a younger man, I can remember running out of gas on an on a old dark woods road up in, up in the northern end of Maine. I, couldn't, I ran out of gas and I went, oh man, are you kidding me? I couldn't see. It was so dark. Have you ever been into a place where it's so dark that you just can't see your hand? I didn't even have some change in my pocket. I had no flashlight. I had a very long walk ahead of me. It was really, really dark. Don't you hate feeling helpless? Don't you hate that, oh man, now what am I going to do? Lost people are hopeless because they have become helpless. Continued bad circumstances over and over and over will promote discouragement. Discouragement is a spirit. It's like it's off the spirit of fear. It will give you discouragement, leading you into depression. And when you're into depression so hard, you have no hope. Oh, you can tell people, yeah, everything is good, everything. You have no hope. And when people say over and over again, it's going to get better, it's going to get better. Oh, I just know it's going to get better. That is false hope. And that's so dangerous because now you've taken false hope and you've filled your heart with false hope. And there's no room for the real hope. Don't be so overcome with earthly troubles and problems that your mind forgets about our eternal value. We need each other like you saw today. I need you. You need me. I need you to pray for me. And I want to pray for you. Pray for you. I want to encourage you. I want to stand with you. That's what the body of Christ does. It's not about division. It's about unity. This is the time. This is the time to surround yourself with faith believers just like you. I like, to, I like when, you're, when you're listening to music, I like the surround sound. I like to hear the bass and the treble. But let's make it a surround prayer sound where everybody's got a voice. Everybody's got something to input. Everybody's got, got a chance to, to, what's God doing in your life? You know, prayer is very important. I'm going to read out of Isaiah chapter 6 in the New King James. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on the throne, high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Can you imagine the train of his robe filling this temple? Oh my gosh. Above it stood seraphim. It had six wings. Two covered his face, two covered his feet, and two he flew with. And one cried to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. Say full. Full. Not half empty, not a, not a sip taken out. The whole earth is full of his glory. What are you talking about? I don't see no glory. Well, have you been looking for it? Have you been praying for it? Have you been seeing signs and wonders? Uh, the world, the world. And Isaiah said, woe is me, for I am undone. I can remember the day when I, when I laid in the presence of God that very first day, and I saw the sin in my life. 
He revealed the sin and the things that I had been doing, things that I had done, things that I was ashamed about. He revealed that. That's what the presence of God does. Because the word says that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. Woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips and dwell in the midst of people of unclean lips. This isn't heaven on earth. We live in a very sinful and unclean earth. And it's so easy. This is our home. Well, this is our visiting place. Our home is really in heaven. But knowing that it can get on you when you don't think it. The crap on television, the things that they secretly tell you, even in department stores, they're, they're, they're background in the music. Buy this, buy this, buy this, buy this, buy. There's all kinds of little secrets. But being in the presence, he said, my eyes have seen the king, the Lord of hosts. And then one of the seraphim flew to me, having in his hand a live coal, which he had taken with the tongs from the altar of God. He touched my mouth with it. And he said, behold, this has touched your lips. Your iniquity is taken away and your sin is purged. I heard the Lord saying, after my iniquity and after my sin was taken away, I heard the voice saying, whom shall I send? And who will go for us? I never heard that in the world. I never heard, I never recognized that. Last thing I want to do is go into the nations and serve God. Are you kidding me? Not me. Not the adopted boy from Lincoln, Maine. Not me that was drafted at 18 and went into the military during the Vietnam. Not me. No. What? Are you kidding me? But when the presence of the Lord came into my life, I heard that just like Isaiah. Whom shall I send? Who will go for us? Whom shall I send? Who will go for us? Isaiah said, here I am. Send me. And the Lord said, go and tell this to the people. Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty. A quote from Mark Gephardt. Love this brother. He's so awesome. He said, Jesus said, go. Obedience releases the anointing. Anointing breaks the yoke of bondage. The glory is the Lord's. It's a very simple thing. I can hear him now. It's a very simple thing. It's a very simple thing. You will not know until you go. But when you go, you will know. Am I speaking the truth over there? Come on now. My missionary friends are, uh-huh. The assignment's in the go. The assign I'm here just to activate the go. I'm here to tell you that it's not all peaches and cream. I'm here to tell you that when you surrender your life to Jesus Christ, you go into some places that you'd never thought that he would have sent you. But he's told you to go, and he's given you an assignment to go. Oh, I'm not an evangelist. I'm not a pastor. I'm not a missionary. No, but he said, if you're a born-again believer and you're part of the family of God, go, go into the world and preach the gospel of Jesus Christ and make disciples into all of the nations. Baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That was not a suggestion, my friends. That was something that he said, go. When he said to Peter, come, 
Come, Master, are you really Jesus? Come. And he walked on the water. But he told us to go. He commanded him, come. And he walked on the water. He's telling us to go. Go and he'll supply every provision and every need that you need to go to where he's sending you. I can remember that 30 years ago. 30 years ago when the presence of God revealed that sin upon myself. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and he is just to forgive all of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. There's the beginning of the story. There's the ending of the story. You got to do something to get something. You got to go because there's people in this world. There's billions of people that, that have not heard the first coming of Jesus Christ. There's people here in Gloucester that do not want to accept Jesus Christ. There's people that aren't serious about eternity. With a show of hands, I'm just curious. How many, how many people here have people in your life? You have people in your life that you know that are not saved. You have friends, you have neighbors, you have family people in your life. Look at the hands. Look at the hands. You know what? I've done that in nations. I've done that in Nigeria. I've, I've been to Abuja. I, we did that in Kenya. And it was populated with hens. And I thought, wow, we had some people in, in our family too that weren't saved, but we interceded and we prayed for them and, and we spoke over them. And maybe that's the key that I need to come into church and teach. I can come and preach fire. I can come preach the Holy Spirit and healing. And, and, but I'm also a teacher. I'm also a gift that is given to the body of Christ. I don't want you to struggle. I don't want you to be heavy-hearted. I don't want you to miss out on something that God has already given us. Amen? It's something that fits everybody, young and old, children alike. It doesn't matter who you are. You can pray. You can trust. You can believe. When the old Bruce Barton died to sin, suddenly I became a brand new person. Suddenly something happened in my life. I can still remember the power and the presence. It was so strong, but it was so warm. The entire floor that I laid on, it shook and I became broken. Sometimes I think that the body of Christ just needs to get into that presence and get broken. Get broken. It's not about us anymore. It's about the world that is lost and dying and going to hell. Come on, let's just be serious. The day that I knew something had changed and I was delivered, a miracle had taken place. I'm looking at a lot of miracles right now. There's a lot of people that have some powerful testimonies of what God has done with you and for you. You know, my shame, my depression, my sin, it was all washed away. The day I cried out, my earth shook. It was like yesterday. My heart was healed my eyes were open. I saw my sin. I saw my weakness. He heard my cry. He saw my tears. Many, many, many days and nights I cried and I just said, oh, what can't something change? Can't he hears your cries? He, see your, he sees your tears. 
And deep down in my soul, like everybody here, we needed a savior. I needed Jesus. I was consuming myself with lies and worldly lust. I was doing things that, that I shouldn't have been doing. And I said, if you deliver me from this hell, from this prison, and set me free, oh, Jesus, I will serve you every day of my life. And you know, the good news is, he did, and I did, and I'm here to tell you about it. Suddenly, suddenly, it wasn't a time delay, suddenly, as quick as the ending breath of somebody, Jesus came into my heart, became my Lord and Savior. I wanted more. I wasn't satisfied. A true born-again Christian, I believe, is hungry for more. You want more and you don't know how to even get it. You, you know, when my world shook, I was delivered. Something had left me. He took that away from me. But also he added something to me. Finally that day, I can tell you that I love myself because God loved me so much. I see a lot of heads nodding like that because I'm telling you, it's hell on earth if you don't love yourself. You can't love anybody else. If you don't forgive yourself, you can't forgive anybody else. He did that purposely so we could become a better person and have a better life. I was shaken and broken. I was placed on a new path. I didn't even know how to walk it, but I was a new creation and I was going to follow him. As he said, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. Follow me and I will, I will make a life down here pleasing for you. I remember the Lord saying, send me. I remember me saying to him, I mean, was send me, Lord. Just send me. Send me. I want to go and tell people of this. I want to tell the world of the miracle. I want to tell. But I'm out here and there's nobody else here. Why, why don't believers have the same experience? Can you remember your day? Can you remember your day? When you cried out to Jesus, can you remember your day? You said, Jesus, I believe in you and come into my heart. Boy, that's a refreshing thought. Some people go, hmm, I don't think so. Well, maybe that wasn't your day. Wasn't you excited? When heaven became your home? When you knew that your name become permanent in the Lamb's Book of Life? Didn't that excite you? I know I'm an evangelist and I'm weird, but hey. I was excited and I am today. Why do I feel so different than others? My, my whole attitude, even, even the colors, it, it turned into technicolor. Everything changed. I feel compassion for the lost and the abused. When I look at people I don't know, I think, do they know Jesus? Maybe if I ask if I can pray for their family, I'll have a chance to ask them. Do they know Jesus? The gospel message today marked my life for tomorrow. But I believe that my message today is marking you. I believe the Holy Spirit is touching you. This is real. We're in real time. End time, beginning time, whatever time. It's always God's time, but this is real. I became brand new in him. I had confidence in myself. God did not send Jesus to condemn me. The world had condemned me enough. My family had condemned me enough. But he sent Jesus to save me. 
And when he saves somebody, that's a package deal. That means you can't even imagine what he's doing in your life right now. My purpose was being revealed like yours is being revealed today. And I wanted to reach people with what was in me. How incredible it is to be set free. Oh my gosh. I mean, it is over the top. It is a double scoop of chocolate and vanilla. It's the best. Whatever something that you really crave, it is better than that. Have you ever had a desire to do more for God? Have you ever had a desire to do more for God? Are you in a battle? Are you in a fight that you know that you can't win? You know, being lost is scary. Being lost is when fear comes upon your life. Being lost separates you from any type of love that could touch you. My heart was afraid. The Bible says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so he is. I was scared. I was afraid. Not just of the, of the, of the boogeyman underneath my, my bed at night. I was afraid everywhere I went because I had fear in my life. I kept on thanking Jesus for finding me. Thank you, Lord, for finding me. Oh, you're so good. And you know, that spirit of thanksgiving broke that fear on my life because I, I, I couldn't live with it. I didn't want to live with it. But Lord, I just thank you that you, you've, you've bought me with that price. Once I was lost, now I am found. Once I was dead, now I am alive. When the father looked at the prodigal son, that had spent everything and all the inheritance, and he came home, he said, this is my son, he was dead, but now he is alive. This is my son that was once dead, and now he is alive. The truth about the gospel message is about you. Jesus came to die for you. If we weren't in that sinner's pocket, he wouldn't have had to send his son to die for us. You're the gospel message. People in Africa, that's the gospel message when you see people. The gospel message, you know, he, he left the 99, and yes, he went after you. He left those 99, and he went after you. He didn't leave you behind, and he never will. He's always there watching over you. When Elaine prays with the children... She always tells him, he's always watching you, even when you sleep. And she's got a great, ex a great example with a balloon, about a balloon with no air, and blowing it up and saying, and when Jesus comes to your heart, he fills your heart with his love. When you find out who God is, truly you'll find out who you are. I believe our purpose right now upon this earth is not just to live a life happily ever after. Our purpose is to reach people, reach lost people, bring people into the kingdom of God. He told us to do that. How should we neglect that? You know, it doesn't take uh, uh, an evangelist or, or whoever. There's missionaries that are not in the fivefold. There are people that have gone because they see the importance. Listening to people with problems needs you to be kind, needs you to be gentle. Wait patiently for their questions. Let them talk. As the first service, I said, you have two ears and you have one mouth. That means you listen twice as much as what you speak. 
at, at the old train tracks up in northern Maine. There was no lights or anything. You had to stop, you had to look, and you had to listen. A lot of people don't want to stop. A lot of people don't want to look, but they want to tell you your story, but they don't want to listen to what you've got to say. Give them a loving answer. I want you to be, be real with me. I want you to, to know that a change has taken place. I want you to know that in the nations, things are happening, that there's a shifting taking place. You know, I came back from, from oh, there's a land of giants out there. You better not go there. No, there ain't no giants out there. It's full of milk and honey. But your obedience to get into the go, I don't mean go into the nations. Acts 1.8, he was talking about when the Holy Spirit, the power of God comes upon you. He said, then go be my witness in Jerusalem. Your Jerusalem is here in your home. Uh, I, I've worn that out. I, I don't, I don't even know what to say to my, my, my family anymore. They don't even want to hear about Jesus anymore. Well, stop it. Stop it. Don't say another word. Start to pray over them. Start to speak over them. God honors his word. Heartful prayers. God, wherever the word said that he sent, it will never return void. It will accomplish what he had sent it to do. You know, the world might be in their prison, but Jesus Christ is still the Savior. He came as a little baby. He was the Savior. Hmm. I pray today that my heart touches your ears, that you hear what I'm proclaiming. I don't know if it's the end time. Oh, brother, do you think we're in the end times? I don't know. We're, we're closer to Jesus today than we was yesterday. You know, and my confession is if, if I'm going to live to be 100, and if I don't meet him in the air, I'll meet him when he comes and meets me. I don't know. I don't worry about that. You know, King Jehoshaphat had a big, big problem. And he had all of these armies coming against him and Judah. And he took it to the Lord in prayer. And he said this, my eyes are upon you, Lord. How many times when you struggle and have, have such a hard time and, and things are really going wrong and, and your marriage is, is up and down and, 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 and things have got a hold of you. How many times have you said, my eyes are upon you, Lord. That's a hard thing to do. Why did he say that? Because Jesus is your answer in every situation. Your lost family members, the people that you love, the people that you work with, there is an answer to that. And the answer is intercession and prayer. If he did it for me, I, he's not a respecter of persons, he'll do it for you. You know, when I was a young boy, the teacher used to give us a reading assignment. Man, I hated school. Woo! My favorite course was recess. I loved it. Aced it. Teacher would give us a reading assignment. And I was a slow reader. Well, kind of a slow. Next week, she'd ask for a book report. I'd go, are you kidding me? Hey, can somebody help me out with this? Assignments were never my favorite. And I would purposely lose them. Or say the dog ate them. Uh, oh, I didn't get the right assignment. And it didn't make it go away. This bottle of water is still a bottle of water. No matter if I drink it, 
and put another one there, it's still a bottle of water. It's still the same thing no matter what you do with it. It was a bottle of water. Irregardless of what I chose to do with the assignment, just because I ignored it didn't mean that it didn't exist. If I got up on top of this building and jumped off, you know that I'd hit the surface because of gravity. Didn't see it, but when I hit the surface, I'll know that it exists. It's our job. It's that, it's, it's that law of cause and effect. Who will I send? Who will go? Who will take time to pray for my family today? It's our job, church, to stand in the gap. Prayer and intercession should be part of our life, especially right now. I would not be here unless somebody had prayed for me. Many people are at the midnight hour. It is a midnight hour in America. It is our midnight hour in our schools, in our workplaces. It's the midnight hour. Darkness is covering many places. And people just, que sera, sera. The Bible tells us at the midnight hour that Paul and Silas were beaten and thrown in jail. I think they had some hardship going on. But they started to pray and sing praises to God. And the prisoners were listening. Do you know people in your home, people in your workplace, people that you frequently see, they're watching you. Oh, you go to that church. They're listening to you. You're influencing them if you're not even addressing them. They're paying attention because all of us have a need, and it's called the need of Jesus Christ. Everybody here needs a Savior. People at your work, people at your home. But are they seeing anything different? Do they hear anything different? Suddenly there was an earthquake because of the praising and the prayer, and the foundations of the present were shaken. Immediately all the doors were open. And everybody's chains were loosed. Do you think maybe that praying and praising God, no matter what the situation is, will open some prison doors? What's the difference? Back then or today, God inhabits the praises of his people. And if the prison doors open, you can be guaranteed the chains are going to fall off. Paul said this, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, you'll be saved. You and your household. Man, I got to get up. I got to get up. Man. I can't sit in a chair and talk and teach. Here's my message. We have been here, placed here upon this planet at this time because we have an assignment. And the assignment is go. Go, yeah, go. Go into your workplace, go in, go home to your family, go into places where it is on your heart. Go there, get some people's names, you probably already know them, and start to pray for them. Start to pray over them, their families, things that are going on in their life, things that you can see, things that the Lord gives you, but pray and intercede. Call them by name. I thank you, Lord, right now. I, I'm praying for Bob today, and I'm praying for a relief to come in his marriage. I thank you no weapon formed against him will prosper. I thank you that the blessings of the Lord follow him. And you roll it, and you pray it, the word of God. That's spiritual warfare. Can we do that? Can we do that? 
It doesn't take a missionary or an evangelist to come in and stir you up. Because I'm telling you what, you want to see change? You want to see people become born again? You want to see people healed? You want the presence of God to flood our schools, our government, and in our homes? Pray. 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 And when you've prayed, pray again. Make yourself a Holy Ghost hit list. Put somebody's name on that sucker and say, you know what, Jimmy, I'm praying for you today. Find out what he does. Does he like to fish? Does he like to, does he like to cook? Does he like, find out what he does. What's his birthday? What's his anniversary? Oh, how many children do you have? Find out so you can be something special to him. And every time you see him, you call him by name. He'll say, something is going on because the Holy Spirit is getting ready to get on him. And when something crashes and burns, you're going to be the first person that he's going to call. Why? Because you've interceded and you've prayed. And you've spoken to the strongholds that are in his life. In the name of Jesus, I command that thing to go. I plead the blood of Jesus Christ. I thank you that the word says, and go to war. We're in war. Rise up and let your light shine. This is it. There is no more. People that you know... Do you know that you're the last person that they might hear? That they aren't guaranteed tomorrow? Well, I don't want to hurt their feelings. What? Hurt their feelings and let them not go to heaven? That's kind of, whew. But you know, praying and believing and trusting. And the other thing is praying with each other. The effectual fervent prayer of the righteous availeth much. We need to pray for each other in our families. You know, sickness and disease not can only be like, like a, a cancer or a defect in your body. It can be down into your soul. Fear is real. Fear will keep you from praying with other people. Walking and praying and speaking. Speaking the word of God. Dogs don't speak. Dogs bark. Evangelists speak the word of God. You're all an evangelist. You've been sent here into this time, into this place to set the captives free.